Welcome to the Mega Squad Pod, hosted by me, Cal, and joining me as ever is Wiggy. Hello. It's been a while. It's been it a has while. been a while. But we're I, back. We are back. We're back in style, back in business, in business. Yeah, I think it's style. probably. Pant. Thank you for sticking with us, listeners. Um, as I'm, we're we're sorry. Well, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if you're sorry, but uh, I'm not sorry. Obviously, life tends to get in the way. <laughs> Yeah, like and, uh, things have happened. Um, life has and, existed beyond us, and uh, yeah, yeah. We, we we soldier on. But, we soldier uh, on. Thank you for we your come out the other side. Still with us. Um, each time you listen to us, it's probably going to sound a little bit different, but that's just because we are deciding on how to actually lay out our <laughs> episodes after what's this, a number nine. Um, this is episode nine, yeah. But if you prefer New segments this, and stuff. Yeah, but if you prefer this jargon that we tend to just mock up as we go, then we'll keep doing that, and we'll just decide on the day what we want to talk about. Um, today we've got uh, quite a... Um, what's, the, what's the word? Um, quite a sensitive say, subject. It is a sensitive subject. Uh, it's a jam-packed some... session with sensitive subjects. Yes. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about Activision Blizzard and all the hoo-ha that they are now uh, embezzled in, which is uh, not a nice thing. So it does contain some uh, graphic and upsetting information as well. So um, just be warned. We're going to get the fun stuff out of the way first, and then we're going to bring it to a nice little harmer note when we start talking about that a little bit more seriously. Boom. Are you ready, Wiggy? I am ready. Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll start with what we've been playing this week. Cool. I'll tell you what, I'm you can go you. first this time. Ooh. Oh! Like a gentleman, I'm taking up that offer. I'm not going to lose that. Um, all right, okay. So it's not so much what we've been playing this week. It's what we've been playing since we last recorded. Like, There's been quite a what few things. Playing? For the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been playing a few little things, but my, my biggest one that I've been playing is I've, well, in the last month or so, I started the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, the Finally. Edition. Finally. Yeah. And my God, I realized the mistake I made by not playing this sooner. Like, I, I have loved every second of it i have i've done the typical things that you hear so many people do where they're like they fall in love with characters they become so emotionally attached to to um shepherd and his crew or her crew um and it's just ah it's incredible it's a beautiful sci-fi saga where you are making a lot of decisions and you are talking to so many different characters it's just incredible um, finished the first one, really enjoyed it, thought it was good. That is apparently the weakest, I was told. It, from a gameplay point of view, yeah, the plot is like one of my favorite games of all time, but yeah, from a it was very convoluted, yeah, I would like, say, in my opinion. I've, I've not played the original, as I say, but yeah, story wise, it I thought it was fantastic. That's where I didn't understand what people are talking about, but obviously you've just clarified that a little bit more for me. But um, gameplay-wise, 
Yeah, it felt very dated. I'm surprised they didn't update it more for the Legendary Edition, um, which surprised me a lot because they could have easily implemented a lot of the cover system from the second game into the first just to make the gameplay a little bit smoother. I know it would have taken away a little bit of nostalgia, but we know it works from things like the the Insane Trilogy, let's say, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. They brought a lot of mechanics from the previous... Uh, sorry, from the later games into the first, and it worked. You know, so like holding um, the jump button to be a little bit higher or shorten your jumps, whatever. Um, but that was that was probably my only gripe about the about the game. Like the, the first one was fantastic, loved it, brilliant um, little entry to the saga. Um, and then the second one came along, and that just blew everything out of the water. Like that was just even better again. The characters were. They felt more fleshed out than the first, which I couldn't believe. Like, I didn't think they could be more alive than they were in the second one. Like, it's incredible. Each and every person on my ship, I felt an emotion towards. There was none that I was like, eh. Ashley. Ashley wasn't part of my crew. So there we are. So she, she didn't oh. join me because I was like, oh, I'm not sorry for what I did. And I'm not sorry that I've got this person joining my team, so fuck off. Um, so... I let Ashley die. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, don't talk to me. If about... you haven't played Mass Effect, by the way, I've just spoiled it for you. But you have to make a very difficult choice. I say difficult, quote unquote difficult choice. But if you're a human, you would probably make the right choice, I would say. I mean, I uh, obviously, I, see, that's interesting because I never did any of that. I've never. I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't have what Ashley in my team. You do still um, have to pick Ashley or Caden when you're on the nu- with the nuke at the. Oh, lab. are you talking about the first one? Talking about the first one, yeah. Oh, sorry, I've moved on to the second one. Right, okay. Oh, no, sorry, I know what I you mean. About the first yeah, one. No, I know what you mean. Now, yes, yeah, yeah. I do remember that bit. Um, and I, I, I chose poorly. Um. <laughs> in my opinion but anyway the um it was great like the 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 second one each of the characters on the ship i had a a, a connection with there were some that i did not like and i was like i i fucking hate you but you're here to do a job so you're gonna <laughs> stay on the ship and you're gonna do what i tell you to and others i was really sympathetic with and my god i have fallen in love with tali like I I just love Tali. Like I, her and Garrus were my two choices, um, basically throughout the first one, and um, they they saw me through the final battle. So I feel that I've gone through a lot with them, and um, like I fell in love with her. So then it came to the the final the final <laughs> la- uh, stage, shall we say, um. What in the third oh, one? Or the, was, second one? Uh, the second still one. Still in the second finished. one. Oh, yeah. I've not played. I've not played the third, so I'm oh, still waiting to play okay. that one. Yeah. Um, but the second one, the final section of the second game. Oh God, the emotions were flying. I, I, I won't say who, um, but I lost two of my crew. Well, I can say who because everyone's going to get a different outcome. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so I lost two of my crew, and both of them were ones that I really loved. And I was like, oh, no. Um, 
So I sent Tali away to the ship. And I thought, cool, I'm getting her out of here because I can't lose her. I can't lose her and I can't lose Garrus. I just, I, I can't. So I got her away from the ship. She was okay. That was fine. Uh, I lost yeah. Katsumi. Which oh, what did was, you get her to do? It was, oh, it was gutting. It was, um, she was going to hack some consoles for me because I, my thought was, all right, the best hacker I've got is Tali. I can't afford to lose Tali. So I was like, who's the next best hacker? Oh, Katsumi. I don't <laughs> want to lose Katsumi, but I was like, I've got to choose one. Um, and I, I, oh, I felt so upset when I saw what happened. Like, there's, there's a, the mechanical doors, they don't shut in time. Um, and uh, you're trying to push them shut. And through the crack of the, the doors, Katsumi got shot in the head. So there was no coming back from it. And I thought, oh, no. And already I was then stressing out. And I was just stressing out even more, thinking, oh, I can't lose another. I can't lose another. And then the worst of it came. <laughs> when I lost Garrus. Oh, did you get him to do? Oh. I got him to come with me um, through the swarm. Yeah. Oh, who did you that? pick to? Yeah, who did you pick to be your so sidekick? One... Your bi- uh, Sorry, your bio. Um. So that was um. Oh. Is it Samara? She's not called Samara, is she? Yeah, Samara. Ah, Samara. Yeah, so I chose Samara. Um, obviously, that was the wrong fucking choice. Um, See, I chose I, Jack I to... on that part because I fucking love Jack. Yeah, I, I got on all right with Jack. I uh, I had a bit of a row with Miranda. Um, <laughs> I got her a bit pissed off. <laughs> so I was like, I was, I was trying to you know, I was getting to talking to Miranda and I was getting close to like, you know, a little romance or something like that. Um, and then that happened with Jack, and I just had it. I had a go with Miranda. And was like, no, you don't. You talk to her like that. She's been through a lot of shit. I'm the commander here. I'm the one who chooses who's on my ship. And she got in a pissy. And every time I went to speak to her, she was like, "I'm really busy, commander. I want you go and talk with. Don't Jack. talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Want you go and talk with your friend Jack? Maybe she'll listen. And it was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um. So, yeah. So. I'd, Anyway, going back to who I chose, I chose Samara and it was all going so well. And then she was getting weaker and I thought, oh no, I know what's going to happen. And I'm like, I'm hoping to God it's Zahid uh, that's going to die. <laughs> I really do because I, he was a bit of a, I don't really like you for me. Zahid is so cool, but also a bastard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah, you are cool, but you know you're fucking cool and you play it. You make us, you play us like a fiddle. Um, and I was like, oh, please let him die. And then I saw, I, I knew what was going to happen and I was powerless to do anything. And uh, yeah, I lost Garrus. And now I'm in the predicament. You've got, to go into th- hmm. got to go into three without Garrus. And this is the thing. <laughs> oh, now I... you're thinking, do I load a former save? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> I'm really, I'm would really not wondering. be the first. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel because it's my first gameplay through it. I feel personally, I should just accept my consequences. 
and take it on the chin and be like, so this is a... my story. Exactly. This is how so it's there's actually play a, out. a subset of like the Mass Effect fandom. And I'm one of them. I've actually done it, and I might do it with the Legendary Edition. I still haven't started two, actually, because I got distracted. But there's a subset where, like, especially if you played it back in the day, mm. now, without any memories or stuff, you play sort of your own kind of hard mode, which means yeah. you you play at Iron Man, and you have, even though, like, on the game, you can't just have a save, which means you can never go back to a previous save, you put that single save mentality on yourself, which means every decision you make, you can never go back and undo it to play the story. Um, and I feel like you should do that because the difficulty for me is when I get to the end of two, like I know exactly who to pick to, for everyone to survive. Yeah. Now, back in the day, I didn't realize because I thought that, and I know like it was like obviously the suicide mission. So I always had this sense that you could lose mm. people. Um but I managed to save everyone first time. And so I, I was always talking to my friends and being like, oh my God, that last mission was so tense. Like got everyone out there. And my friends were like, what? How the fuck did you get everyone out? And mm. I was like, what? That's not a thing. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh shit. See, I, so then I went I back and I, on my second playthrough, I was like, I'm going to try and pick different people to see if I can lose some people just to see what it's like. And then I was like, oh, my God, imagine if I'd gone through this the first time and this shit had happened. Because, um, like, on that bit walking through, Jack is the most powerful, because she's obviously an experiment. Mm. She is the most powerful um, adept, you know, that you have. So as soon as it was like, we need someone to hold a dome, I was like, okay, yeah, Samara is, in fact, a, um, what do they call them? Not Inquisitor, um... Yeah, I can't think. Oh, I can't remember. You know what I mean. Yeah. So she's one of those. So she is super powerful, Asari. But Jack has been experimented on and could do with a redemption. So I was like, I'm going to pick Jack. Yeah. And uh, See, yeah. that never crossed my mind. I was just like, oh, okay, so it's either... Well, Miranda's like, oh, I can do it. Um, and I thought, no, Samara. Samara is like, she can do it. She'll be all right. She's yeah. not going to let me down. <laughs> No, I'm, uh... Apparently, if you pick Miranda, she can do it as well. Oh, okay. um, I'm not well, sure. Thanks though. for telling me no. Um, <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. So, but, um, so the, the, one yeah, of the so two choices that. I was going to pick. <laughs> but but no, I I, I think I'm going to do it properly. As as much as it pains me to say goodbye to Garrus. Oh, I can't because I can't spoil the sec the third game for you. So I'd but, imagine um, he's got a big part in, in like he could yes. have a big part. <laughs> yes, he could. Oh. <laughs> oh. Because right. he Garrus is the only member of your mm. crew. Oh no, I can't remember. Do you have Tally in the third one? No, I'm pretty sure Garrus is the only no Tally, you can have her in the third one. Tally and Garrus are the only two that you could have through the whole trilogy. Permanently, right. um, oh, Tally still has cool. some really good stuff in the third one, so you kept her alive, so you could experience yeah. that. But it just gives you oh. another reason to play through it. I did romance her as well, um, and she, she took off her mask, um, but you didn't fucking see it. You didn't fucking see her <laughs> face, and I was like, no, <laughs> that's the one thing I wanted to do. Is I was hoping um, to see her face as well. Yeah, 
I um, it's really funny actually. So in my playthrough, my first playthrough, and actually through this one, although I haven't got to the second game yet, I uh, romance Liara. Um, mm. And a really cool thing, if you romance Liara, now that you've played through that first bit of Mass Effect 2, so I'll let you know. So you know when the ship gets blown up and you have someone on the ship helping you and running around that you then let go. So it could be Caden or, you know, your romance option, usually from the first one. Mine was Liara. So she watched me die. And then obviously you can't romance her in the second one, but there's some really cool dialogue if you did romance her in the first one. So you can kind of pick up that romance, but you can't continue it fully because she's only parts of the game. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that, like the link. But then in the third one, you can romance her again. And if mm. you romanced her in the first game, it's much easier to romance her in the third one. Because I could, like in the first one, I had Liara with me the whole time. As soon as you pick her up on that planet, I went to that planet first because I kind of knew that she was there um, and got her on my crew. Then she was in my party continuously because I needed an adept and she is one of the best. Um, and then obviously took her with me. We did the little bit in two. Um, and then in the third one, you can romance her and it's a lot easier if you romance her in the first one. But it completes this amazing kind of romance arc all the way to the end. And I just thought that was amazing that even it, though she's not on your crew on the second one, you can continue that connection. Um, and yeah, and I like, it's, yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing the third one. I'm giving myself a little bit of a break at the minute because it's a lot, you know, it's not an easy one uh, to go from start to finish. Um, and the third one is like an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I know yeah. like most of the game is and the suicide mission at the end of two is, but Mass Effect yeah. 3 is a phenomenal piece of storytelling. Warranted yeah. back in the day, they fucked up the ending royally, so they rewrote <laughs> the ending. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, so, it even excites me to, because I, I probably will. I don't know why I wouldn't, but I'm looking to play Andromeda when I finish it. I know that's a prequel. Um, oh, so Andromeda isn't, a prequel it's like a mid-equal <laughs> that's what you could call it it's sort of a it's sort of a sequel to one but a prequel to mass effect two and three so it's a pre so yeah so essentially it's like borderlands the pre-sequel <laughs> but essentially it just kind of becomes its own thing and i think the disappointing for me the disappointing thing for me is despite all its launch problems classic ea game we need this out by this date, Bioware. No, we haven't finished it. Well, you need to get it out. And then it was fucked up. But storytelling-wise, Andromeda is amazing. So definitely play it, but it now serves no place in the right. Mass Effect universe. Like Mass Effect 4 isn't going to even acknowledge Andromeda. And Mass Effect 4 apparently takes place after 3, which is also really interesting because of the ending of There's 3. A, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, um, and there's rumours that Liara is going to be in the fourth one. So it'll be interesting to see what that's like. And the other interesting thing I think about four is that um, there's huge rumours that it's the first Mass Effect where you'll be able to choose your species. Um, and I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think it would be. I, I think that's a that's going to be quite cool. I mean, I know for a fact that I will not be deviating away from a human. 
because I I really liked that whole arc. And was it the first or the there was the second one, um, where there's a disease that is being blamed on humans, um, and it was really good social commentary at the when when you were sat down thinking about it. And there was uh, when I was playing it, obviously we 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 just had um, the the BLM movements and things like that. Um, which is still going on, which is good. Um, and it's seeing it from this side as well, it kind of gave me a, an even better understanding of things like Black Lives Matter. Does that make sense in a weird way? Um, do you know which bit I was, I'm talking about? It's where you, do, you, yeah. go to, you go to a ship and it's... No, it's not a ship, is it? Or is it a ship? But basically, they're they're all infected, and they blame humans for bringing this infection, and they don't want anything to do with them. They're like, you don't belong here. You're not part of this group. You've caused this, and it's like, well, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's just that we, it's just that we can't get the disease. It's not our fault. Um, but the the way it sort of plays out, and the way people are treating you, is is really interesting. Um, not that I'm saying it's exactly the same, but to get someone into the, the to get if you can understand it, in for what species you are, it will finally give me the chance to be a Krogan. Oh. I fucking love Krogans. I love and just the, the idea of being able to be a Krogan and just be as like matter of fact as Rex. Um, yeah. for example, and just be like such a badass. Um, See, I, I lost Rex have a quad. in the first one. Oh, did you not, were you not able to talk him down? I tried to, and then who came along and fucking shot him? Actually. But at the same time, I was like, uh, it was really difficult because I really liked Rex and I was trying to talk him down. Actually, such a xenophobe. That's why I chose he her pulled... to die because I was like, yeah. fuck you. He, he pulled a gun on me and I was like, oh, can't have this compromise in the mission. Um, but it made me, strangely, it made me love Grunt even more in the second one because I was like, <laughs> you are going to be, you know, you're, you're, I'm not going to let the same thing happen to you. I will protect you and you will protect me and we will do this. And it was it was great. I had like a strong little connection and I remember doing his um, his uh, uh, side story in sort of becoming a Krogan um, and part of the clan and yeah. uh, facing the Fun. trials. And I, I loved that. I loved seeing it and being like, yeah, he's a fucking Krogan. Yeah, we'll stand with him. He's better than any Krogan here. That's my boy. Um. And yeah, it, it was just great. There have been some other stuff that I've been playing as well. I've just, that's the main one that I've been um, focusing on recently. Nice. And nice. Yeah, I'm loving it. So what about Living you? for it. So, uh, yeah, again, because it's been such a gap, I've been playing a fair amount of stuff. And uh, because I've been going through shit, um, Video games has been an, ex an escape for me because it's very much in the now. Obviously, it's a bit of escapism and it helps um, mental health. If you haven't listened to our episode on that, go back along and listen to it. It's a very good episode. Um, 
with uh, with our guest CJ as well. Um, so, what have I been playing? So, two things kind of stand out to me. Um, one of them I'll only go into very briefly, which is Baldur's Gate 3, which is in early access. Um, so, that for those of you that don't know, Baldur's Gate 3 is brand new um, D&D video game uh, brought to you by kind of Larian, kind of Larian Studios, actually brought to you by Larian Studios. Um, and they uh, did a couple of games that I absolutely adore, which is the Divinity um, games. Uh, you were going to say Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. <laughs> Um, so they didn't Beamdog did those ones, which is interesting. Um, so Larian Studios did uh, Divinity Original Sin, did some Divinities before that. Kind of the Divinity timeline is their kind of IP. Um, and they did Divinity 2 Original Sin, which is one of my, oh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which is one of my all time favorite uh, tactical role playing games. Absolutely adore that game. And when it came out that they were doing a D&D game, I was like, they are the perfect people to do that. Um, and even though it's in early access and they've only introduced a few bits and bobs to it, like a few races um, and classes, like it is a really enjoyable game. And I'm playing it at the moment with my friend Steve because um, we are massive D&D geeks. Um, Steve, I hope you're listening. Um, and it's all based on the fifth edition D&D rules. Um, if you haven't played D&D, check it out. It's a really good tabletop game. If you haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, check it out. Um, but anyway, in Baldur's Gate 3, you create a character um, in the Forgotten Realms, which is a D&D setting. Um, and it starts off um, quite horrifically, um, and this is actually in the trailer, uh, but quite horrifically, uh, you get a mind flayer parasite put into your eyes, which within a matter of time will turn you into a mind flayer. Um, which is not a situation you want to be in, but here you are, you've got an illithid in your fucking brain and you're going to turn into a mind flare at some point if you do not cure yourself. So the main plot is cure yourself before you become a mind flare. So in the game we're playing, uh, I've made a warlock, a halfling warlock um, of the great old ones, which means I've basically made a pact with Cthulhu to give me magical power in exchange for doing something. Uh, I haven't figured out what that is yet. They're probably going to tell me. Um, and my friend Steve has made a druid. Um, and we're playing for it at the moment. We've done the intro and we've done some other stuff. But the, the thing that's really standing out to me so far is the depth they've put into your companions um, and the characters that can join you on that. So the plot looks phenomenal, but the companions have a real good kind of like sense of background you can talk to them they've got their own kind of wants and needs they've got their own plots um and sometimes games don't do them very well you have a companion and they do think mass effect obviously we know that's done it right um yeah. and so um yeah at the moment we're adventuring uh you can do all the stuff you can do in dnd like picking locks and searching for things and using persuasion to talk people down it's basically like playing tabletop dnd but in a video game setting. And you even have a dice roller. So anytime you have to do something, so you might say, I need to pick this lock, a dice roller comes up. You have all your bonuses that you have from your character sheet at the bottom. You click the roller, you can add any kind of bonuses that you, additional bonuses like casting a spell to boost it. Um, you roll the dice, you get that, like, that sense of failure or success based on the dice, like you would a tabletop game. Um, and kind of it's really good. And the game also like, 
naturally makes perception checks for you as you go along. So you can see sometimes you fail perception checks, but sometimes you fail a perception check and nothing comes about. And then you're like, is the game teasing me like a DM would? Um, so that sort of stuff is interesting. Um, and basically, I'll let you know more once we've, we've got a little further. As I say, it's in early access. Um, I'd started it a couple of times, but because it's early access, when they bring out a big update, it's difficult to play previous saves, which they've let you know of. Um, being an early access game, there's some people whinging about the fact it's an early access game because they're like, well, we don't want a half finished game to say, you know, give us a full game. Um, and the thing that I say to those people is they've stressed it's early access. They've asked for people's help. And I was going to buy the game anyway, which means I would have pre-ordered it. So the way I look at it is I've pre-ordered a game that I get to play through the development process. Like... Mm before launch and that's the whole idea behind an early access game so um to those people if you're one of those people shush <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but that side um the other game i've played up is the is one that's been out for years um not as many years as skyrim but it is a bethesda game and that's fallout 4 um Ooh. so i Ooh, booted up fallout 4 again because um in short with my with my bipolar, when I hit a really major depressive episode, escapism is a really good thing for me. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a coping mechanism. It's a proven one that succeeds um, and really helps me. And Bethesda games have always been a really good way for me to do that. All the way from Morrowind, Obsidian, uh, Obsidian uh, Oblivion, um, then Skyrim, and then Skyrim again, and then Skyrim when they launched it again. Um, and then Skyrim when they launched it again, um, and then Skyrim on my fridge. No. Um, and uh, Fallout 3 was one of my favourite games of all time. Um, and then when they launched Fallout 4, like I was all on board for it. Um, but the thing with Fallout 4 is I'd never really dived into many of the DLCs, um, surprisingly. And also in Fallout 4, I'd become quite linear. So every time I played it, although there are multiple factions and every ending is different based on the faction you go with, I always defaulted to, I'm a sneaky assassin person. I either snipe or I stab people by sneaking up on them and I side with the railroad. And that's all I've ever done. But one of the really cool things in Fallout 4 that I never really touched on is power armor. Um, so this time when I booted it up, I was like, do you know what? I'm actually going to play because I bought it on PC um, because it was on sale. Um, and I thought it'd be really cool to play with 60 frames rather than 30, so why not? Um, so I bought it on PC, like, soup up the graphics and stuff like that, uh, that side, um, and it's been really enjoyable. So this time, I made myself a highly intelligent, um, highly charismatic character, um, and because I'm intelligent, I then took all of, like, the armor crafting um perks so i've taken the science perk um up to the level i'm up now well i'm level 27 so it's a, i've got science two i think i've got science three next level um and the armor perk so i can really upgrade my armor and i've got myself this swell suit of t60 armor now because i've actually touched on one of the dlcs so i've just done the mechanist dlc i've completed it during the mechanist dlc you actually come up to some legendary t60 power armor 
called the Tesla armor, um, and it boosts your energy weapon damage. So I'm wearing that now, and I look like an absolute badass. Um, but essentially, I'm wandering around the wasteland like a space marine, and it is so much fun because you can just like, like beforehand, if I with sneaky characters, if I got seen. Like often I would die many times because I wouldn't really be wearing armor. Um, I'd usually just wear like the good thing about the railroad is you eventually unlock the ability to put armor into just normal everyday clothes, which is pretty cool. Um, but until that point, I'd often die. So I'd often have to go back and redo bits. The brilliant thing about power armor is you can just kick the door down and just kill people like an absolute badass. So like raider encampments, I'd just walk up to the front door and the raiders would be like, oh my God, there's a person, shoot them. And I'd just be like, ding, 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 bouncing off my armor, shooting them with a plasma rifle. Um, and so this time, because I'm doing the power, I haven't started it yet. I've just actually earlier on, just saved it at the point where I'm going to go and talk to the Brotherhood of Steel. So I'm actually going to do a Brotherhood of Steel playthrough for once because they're the high tech power armor like, wasteland space marines and i just think now i, I want to do that but the the thing for me that i love the most is my character is no like soldier or anything like i don't have a great agility i don't have a great strength but i'm i'm pretty much tony stark i think is probably the best description of me <laughs> because i'm super charismatic i'm a bit of a dick in <laughs> like conversations to be honest um and i've got a suit of power armor um and it's just been so much fun and so much escapism. And I know people don't really like, uh, there's quite a lot of people that didn't really like the whole settlements bit of Fallout 4 um, and building your own settlements. But I've really enjoyed that as well. Like taking a break, out wandering the wasteland, find a new settlement, um, put a supply line in if you take the perk that allows you to do that. And then just upgrading these people's like settlements, putting a recruitment beacon in so people know they can come to, to safety and just be doing a bit of building. It's a really good, like nice break. Go shoot a load of things. I fancy having a break. I'll switch kind of themes in this game. So um, I really have like you played, that. Have you played the Outer Worlds? I started the Outer Worlds, yes. Someone I, told um... me that um, it's very fallout-esque shall we say yeah well it obviously is created by obsidian so fallout new vegas guys um but i i've i've got it and i keep meaning to carry on with it um but I've, i i was enjoying it from what i what i was playing but it fell under the same problem that the fallout games fall into for me which is that i just i get bored like, <laughs> It's weird. I I love the I love the lore. I love the story, but there's something about the gameplay. It's just not on it for me. It's something about the gameplay that's just not fun. It doesn't feel punchy to me, um, which is a shame. Like it, it's weird. If it had sort of that kind of storytelling with I don't know Borderlands gunplay, my god, that'd be incredible. But it's just something about it. It just gets to a point where I'm like, I, oh, I, I'm going to play something else. Um, and it's a real shame because shame. it deserves my it time. It is a shame. Um, it's interesting it's... you say that because I don't know. Like, when was the last play? When was the last time you played Fallout Four? You can say years ago now, aren't you? Oh God, um, it was. Oh God, it was a long, long time ago. It was one of the first games I ever got with my Xbox One. Uh, on my Xbox so... One, so. Um, 
I would 100%, if I'm being 100% honest with you, and I didn't steer you wrong with Mass Effect, did I? I would <laughs> yeah. boot it up one more time if you can. Um, mm. If you can get the DLC on sale, definitely do, because the DLC offers so much more, and they improve things like the gunplay. Um, and then if you kind of level yourself up to be a person, like there's a gun nut perk, so you can upgrade your own guns. Designing mm. your own guns is like so much fun. I, I can't say that enough. So I might yeah, give it a go. I'll give I mean, it a chance. Out of the two, I really want to play out of the outer world. I really want to carry on with that first more than anything else. So it's on my list. Um, it's on the next thing. I've downloaded it on Game Pass, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's on my list of things to do next. Yeah. And obviously, Fallout 4 is on Game Pass as well. So I can always download it again on there. Um, on the console, so I, yeah, I haven't got an excuse really. I've, it's all there. <laughs> that's, that's the awful <laughs> thing is like I know it's there. I have it. There is no excuse not to play. To give it. it another go. Yeah, but I I'm also trying to do that as well with um, Judgment at the minute on the on the PS4. So I'm like, oh, no, I've got to go through that because that came out today. The newest one, uh, Lost Judgment. The sequel, rather. Um, and I'm like, no, I've got to finish the first before I move on to the next one. So I feel that's the same with The Outer Worlds. I'm like, I've, no, I've got to finish that first, then start Fallout, rather than start both and leave. Fair. Fair. Um, awesome. yeah. I'm actually going to be a little bit cheeky and add two more honorable, honorable oh! mentions. Um, to mine because there's two games that I've been playing the shit out of um, and it's quite surprising for me because again I never used to be into mobile gaming did I? Oh, no. It's changed up a little bit now with um, Ooh, what are you playing? Zen Pinball Party um, which is just Interesting. fan-fucking-tastic because it's, it's pinball effects. It's the pinball effects guys. Ah, okay. So it's the Zen, it's the Zen guys. So um, they've got some of their tables. They've got some real uh, Williams and Bali tables, and they've got some okay. um, like of their tables, and they've got DreamWorks tables. So there's not many on there at the minute. There's about twelve. Um, but, oh god, it's great on the phone. So it's only on Apple Arcade, as far as I'm aware. Um, but oh, it's great on your phone. It's it's lovely. It's not obviously very big, depending on what phone you've got, but oh, it's great. It's nice and easy, nice and simple. Bottom right is the right bumper. Bottom left is the left bumper. Done. What more do you want? Fair. Get your highest score. Um, and the other one is um, Zookeeper World, which is also on Apple Arcade. Interesting. I always um, saw this title and I wanted to play it and I wanted to get the DS version when it came out on the DS and I never did. And I uh, I saw it on um, coming to Apple Arcade and I thought, ah, Zookeeper, that's the DS game I always wanted. Um, and I never went and got it. And oh, I've been loving the shit out of that. It's just, a, it's just, you, you lose yourself in it. It's just one that I think I'll play a couple of quick games and then an hour later, I realize I'm still on a loading screen in Destiny. 
or, <laughs> or something like or I'm, I'm in a menu on destiny because i've just found that i've been carried away playing zookeeper well um yeah so that's Do my what? only other two our honorable mention really should be destiny 2 because we've oh, both been playing it together yeah, yeah destiny 2 is <laughs> great and you got the latest um, expansion as well um, yeah the, this season has the been season. so much fun um, yeah. And we've been playing it with with uh, former guests on this show, and hopefully future guests again, like Moby and CJ um, and, and Gav. Gav. Yeah. Um, Gav being like Gav lives for Destiny. Gav, you listen to this. You Gav is that. Destiny. Gav we is could Mr. do Destiny. an entire episode on Destiny, um, you, and Gav would one hundred percent be on that. To be fair, we could do an episode talking about Destiny. Oh, Why we definitely have we never fucking done that? Could. Well, that's coming Why up. Have we never done it. Yeah, that episode's coming up. It's <laughs> look forward you know to that what I would love we to do. We could do it in preparation for the Witch Queen. How cool would that yes. be? Talk about yeah, like, that'd be really what good. We we're looking forward to about the Witch Queen. Mm. Um, some of the Destiny lore, some of what's happened before. I think we should do it. It's done. We're doing a Destiny done. episode. Gonna oh, get Gavin on it. Gonna get Moby in on it. <laughs> you know what I'd love to do? I would love to have the opportunity to to um. Like guild Gav and say, um, Gav, shall we go and meet Bungie to discuss plans for Destiny? And they're going to show you concepts and stuff like that. Because I, he would lose his shit. He would go absolutely <laughs> mental. And I'd love to see his face <laughs> just running around the office or something like that, just being like, oh, the splices. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing, but like not in, not because I would tease him. I just I just think it would be such a wonderful thing to see because he just loves Destiny so much. Um, and you know, who can blade him? Who can blade? It's him? fucking brilliant. It's good. He's had a there you fun. go. So the, that's uh, a little bit about what we've been playing this week, and a little bit about um, honorable mentions too. <laughs> Those. Honorable Mentions 2, a really good game. I never played the original Honorable Mentions, <laughs> um, but Honorable Mentions 2 is... <laughs> doesn't actually link. It's like a pre-sequel to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Any oh. games development company that makes an Honorable Mentions game now will have to pay us. <laughs> Just for the Honorable Mention. <laughs> well, our next section is one that was created today, in fact, uh, by uh, by the incredible uh, Wiggy that is my guest um, and is my co-host, rather, not my guest. What am I talking about? <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm a very permanent guest. <laughs> my fantastic co-host. Um, and the, the name, well, the name I've given it, or the name you gave it, rather, uh, puts me in mind of a Disturbed song. Um <laughs> Never again. Um, probably half of the audience, or maybe less, are there going. What? A small part of the audience. Yeah. <laughs> A small subset of the audience. Like, oh, I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's called Never Again. Uh, Wiggy, do you want to explain what this actually entails? Yeah, so we've probably all, listeners, you've probably done this as well, but we've all 
been really excited over a video game and thought I can't wait to buy this after all of the kind of like launch materials and marketing you buy the game you sit down you play a few hours and you're like why the fuck have I done this what is this pile of shit that I've invested in um and you think to yourself I'm not playing this ever again and you uninstall it so this bit is called never again um, and it's based on that. So um, each time we do Never Again, we're going to ask, well, me and Cal will talk about a game we would never play again and the reasons why, um, and a little bit about the game. Um, and then obviously we'll ask guests if there's guests on that particular show. Um, so because I've come up with Never Again, Cal, I'm going to ask you to go first. You're going to get day to first, first for you. I'm going to get you to go first. Right. In my life, there's been heartache and pain. <laughs> in my life i have only ever sold two games uh and oh. this is one of them uh it was a wii release uh, i think it wasn't on anything else i had it on the wii um and it was godzilla unleashed <laughs> oh. i mean i was i was young so i was like it's godzilla yeah, you can fight with godzilla no, it's just it it was horrendous. Not only were the visuals disgusting, even for a Wii game, they were absolutely disgusting to look at. The controls were just oh the movements were just so stiff. And yeah, all right, you're this big hulking monster. You're not a piece of shit that's been frozen for 24 hours and then fucking growing legs and moving around the place. It was disgusting <laughs> to play this game. Um, it made no sense what I just said there, neither did it. No. Yeah. No. no. I, was just, I was just trying to think of the worst possible thing. That it, it, was, just, it was just awful. It was awful. I would only ever play as Godzilla because I thought, well, that's the only one I want to play as. Um, and it, yeah, half the time you didn't know what the hell you were doing. It's like, am I meant to be fighting the other kaiju or am I meant to be destroying this building? There's something <laughs> talking in my ear telling me what to do as if like Godzilla's got a little Bluetooth <laughs> headset. headset. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, I'll destroy that building. Uh, and Mothra. I will take Mothra down as well. Um, yeah, I've I've basically banished it from my, <laughs> mostly banished it from my mind. Um, and this was years and years ago that I last played it, so I can't remember exactly. I just remember how terrible it controlled, um, like a piece of frozen shit, and it just oh. horrible. <sighs> Nice. I never played that game, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) God, man. Yeah. What a wank. So, um, (laughs) don't buy that game. That's going to be the tagline (laughs) to never again, don't buy that game. Um, All the money we'll make from the honourable mentions will then have to pay out (laughs) to those who sue us for telling them not to play the games. (laughs) I think the game makers for these never again games are going to, yeah, have, uh, have, more problems 
We should probably write some reviews. Roll, um, roll up on the doorstep with a, a fucking... That's an idea. Subpoena. Shall I? I'll have a little look <laughs> at a review and I'll just give a little bit of a headline uh, as to <laughs> what it was What it well, was like. <laughs> so whilst we're waiting for that one, I'll go. I'll, I'll start with mine. So um, mine is a little game from 2008 called Haze. Um, and there are probably some of you listening right now who are already cringing. Um, I know a couple of my friends, Chris and Steve, uh, we joke about Hayes so often. So Hayes was a first-person shooter that was dubbed um, and marketed as, um, from some media sources, as the Halo killer. So it was supposed to be the answer to Halo's dominance over the first-person shooter genre. Um, And... It launched for the PS3 in 2008, I think. I got it on launch because I was like fully on board for what it was talking about. And the whole idea in Haze is that you're this soldier for a corporation called Mantel. Um, and it's a game that takes place over the space of three years where you're um, battling a group of rebels. Um, I can't remember. I could have a look. I want to say, and if I get this wrong, it doesn't matter because the game is shit. Uh, the rebels were called The Promised Hand. I think they call The Promised Hand. I'm not... Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, and you play a character called Shane, whose second name escapes me. It could be Shane, game of shit. I don't know. Um, and uh, you basically play Shane, and then after a series of events, you team up with um, another group to fight the people that you were working for. But that is an aside. In it, you have soldiers that take this drug called nectar. It's a bit of a hallucinogenic, but it basically it drowns out images of death and destruction. So when someone dies, um, like when you shoot someone and they die, they disappear from your view. And the reason behind that is the whole idea behind the hallucinogenic drug and Mantel used it, but like the, the theme is pretty good. They use it because soldiers are less likely to react to death and destruction if they can't see it. So the whole idea they had was they're going to kill more people because once they die, they won't know that they're there. They wouldn't do it. Um, but the enemy actually used that against you. So sometimes they'll pretend to be dead. You disappear from the vision and then they get up and they fuck with you. Um, anyway, gameplay was shit. So I played it. I thought, oh my God, this plot sounds amazing. This thing sounds amazing. Let's play this game. It was so fucking glitchy to begin with. Not only that, you know, like not only was it a crap game, but it was glitchy. So a glitchy crap game. Um, The whole Nectar thing was so poorly executed. Um, There was supposed to be a fucking cooperative mode, but that um, was shit as well. And the single player campaign was like, uh, I'm probably exaggerating, but it was really short, like two, three hours, I think. It, like, it was horrible, like horrible. And the multiplayer was horrible as well. Um, and like, I had a very quick look just to, before this, just to see any reviews myself. Um, and Eurogamer called it this year's most significant gaming disappointment in uh, 2008. And oh, uh, I have found Jeff Haynes of IGN. Um, called it horrible plot, weak gameplay, visuals, a truly underwhelming game. And they I, were right. It was I basically, uh, I and think this is what we're going to do every time now, is we're going to go on Metacritic 
or I will go on Metacritic and I will read out some of the reviews that people have left. Yes. And there's some for Hayes. Um, and I actually, like, I forgot this because I well, I didn't forget it. I, I remember it was by um, a lot of the team from Free Radical who did the Time Splitter series. And yes. it, that was really upsetting to hear that it wasn't very good. Um, but here's, here's a couple. Um, this is from uh, a, a, a person called James C., um, people should stop voting before they've played this game. I have it, and it sucks. Um, <laughs> another one, uh, this is from Dion M, gave the game a 5 out of 10, I'd imagine. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a lengthier one. Whoever said this game was worth the rent was lying through his teeth. I had the pleasant experience firsthand after playing the campaign mode for about 45 minutes, struggling with dodgy controls, through even dodgier graphics, I decided to give the multiplayer a try. <laughs> Hayes is a complete waste of PS3's time, and by the looks of it, wouldn't have even been a classic on PlayStation 2. Can you release a game like this? And um, Oh, sorry. How can you release a game <laughs> like this unless you're looking to just make a quick buck? Nobody can recommend this. Instead of buying Call of Duty 4, Metal Gear Solid 4, or Devil May Cry 4, now, if you haven't already, and see <laughs> how a next-gen game should play. So I think he just, yeah. Just gave it. It's exactly what it was, yeah. Uh, and the final the one. Horrible, from, horrible. Oh, it's hmm. just painful. And the final one from GameShark was, every developer is allowed to lay an egg, and this is definitely Free Radical's turn to drop one. <laughs> and that was it. Uh. <laughs> um, I had a look at some of the reviews for, for Godzilla Unleashed. And I'll tell you what, there's one on here that's captured what I think of it perfectly. But I'll say some of the others first. Uh, so there's one from a, uh, someone called Bucky S. Uh, it just says, horrible controls, ruin the game, rental. <laughs> I, don't rent, I don't know what the rental bit is, but it's in capital letters. <laughs> it's just, it's literally ruin the game. I feel like dot, 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 dot. Uh, rental. Rental. Is uh, you should have rented it, or he rented it? I don't know. If he imagine. rented it, he made the best decision because he can just <laughs> immediately undo that. Um, <laughs> the most depressing part for me is, I'm um, I'm actually looking at a pile of my old PS3 games, and Hayes is still in there. I didn't even sell it. It's oh, just sat there painfully. Because oh. I, I basically dug out a load of my old PS3 games because I'm thinking about picking one up secondhand on like eBay or something. <laughs> I don't yeah. like I've got the Splinter Cells and, and all of those things. So I thought I'd oh, be really good. And I've just realized that Hayes is in that pile and I'd probably get about a penny for it from like Music Bad Pie or something. It's still <laughs> tempting. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something back for Christ's sake. Um, it something to live by. Carry, carrying on with the bad reviews for, for um, Godzilla Unleashed. Uh, game Style said, we long for a good Godzilla game, but this isn't it. Uh, one Up <laughs> says, Unleashed is... <laughs> God's, um... <laughs> one Up says, Unleashed isn't completely without merit. It just falls far below any reasonable standard for fighting, wrestling, or monster games. So I think he's pretty much covered all genres there. But the best one of all the best is how I would describe it. And uh, this is by someone called Gaming Excellence. And it says, I plan to sink my copy 
into a, bu a bucket of concrete and plunge it into the deepest part of the ocean after dropping it in a vat of carbolic acid. <laughs> so, oh, this is now. Thank you. I'll go to those reviews. So never again. Um, we're going to pick a game and then we're going to go to Metacritic and just have a laugh. It's that's, we've that's designed just... it today. That's just and also incredible. people at Metacritic will now get an honourable mention. <laughs> Yay! Oh, Metacritic. Well, what have you what? done? A job. Um, so yeah, there, there we go. So that's our <laughs> games that we would never want to play again. Um. Ah, uh, funny, 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 funny. <laughs> oh, Hayes is so shit. So, we now come to the crux of the show where we talk about our feature presentation. As I um, said at the start and warned uh, listeners that it will get a little bit um, sensitive um, in some of the subject matter that we're going to be talking to. Talking to? Talking about, sorry. Um, it's also very so important. But it is yeah. very important, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not... Uh, it's, it's just, Pleasant yeah, reading or listening, shall we say. But uh, yeah, so, as a gaming podcast, we couldn't go without talking about it because we've got our own views, which we'll hear about momentarily. But yeah. we must so, start with facts. Um, viewer discretion is advised. Viewer, we're not oh, on YouTube listen, yet. Listen, <laughs> listen to discretion too far is ahead. advised. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, obviously the Activision Blizzard case has been going on for quite a while. Um, for those of you who are not aware, um, over at Blizzard Activision, there has been uh, an investigation into sexual misconduct allegations um, from the staff at Blizzard, mostly female. Um, this has caused a massive ruckus in the, uh, the whole of the gaming community, not just for uh, Blizzard and the Blizzard staff, it's um, basically had a bit of a ripple effect in terms of other companies and video game companies as well. Um, which, uh, case in point is uh, Ubisoft, because uh, there's been some allegations brought to light from Ubisoft as well. But um, I'm going to let you lead this one a bit more, Wiggy, and give us yeah, some fair. more information. Um so it's probably probably a really good place to start with is some facts because you've got to start everywhere with facts, obviously. Um, and so I'm going to read out some pinpointers to start off um, and then we'll go into a bit of a discussion. So for those of you who are not aware, on July 20th, California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a lawsuit against game publisher Activision Blizzard, alleging widespread gender-based discrimination and sexual harassment. Okay, so some facts, uh, some um Bullet points is what I was looking for there. I've already said facts. I'm going to say facts multiple times. Facts number one. No. Um, the lawsuit followed an investigation by the DFEH, so the Deployment of Flair Employment and Housing, um, which began in 2008 in response to complaints from Activision Blizzard employees. Um, Activision Blizzard disputes the allegations, saying the lawsuit claims were distorted and in many cases false, which, in my opinion, based on all of the information, is bullshit. Yeah. Um, 
17 current and former employees interviewed by the Post detailed a workplace culture where women faced multiple incidents of harassment from men in leadership positions and alcohol was free flowing. Alcohol in a workplace. One like that on its own is disgusting, but with everything else. Mm. Um, the lawsuit alleges that J. Allen Brack, the president of Blizzard Entertainment, was personally aware of employee complaints of sexual harassment directed at men with senior positions at the company. It also alleges he did not effectively mitigate those issues. Brack stepped down from his position as president on August the 3rd. The same day, Activision Blizzard confirmed that an executive in Blizzard's human resources department was also no longer with the company. In response to the lawsuit and the ensuing statements of company leaders, Activision Blizzard employees wrote an open letter to the company's leadership on July 26th, rebuking them what they perceived to be an abhorrent and insulting response to the lawsuit. Employees also organized a walkout on July 28th. This is a lot of employees, not just the people affected by this case. Uh, mm. These people coming forwards afterwards to say, yeah, this is all bullshit. Several sponsors for Activision Blizzard run esports leagues have pulled back their advertising. Um, that was reported on August 5th and actually continues. Um, Content creators on Twitch and YouTube who often feature games made by Activision Blizzard have wrestled with how to approach the topic on their streams and videos with several stopping streaming them. So it's a very point, I've completely forgotten the names, which is really bad, but um, several of the, the most uh, popular World of Warcraft uh, Twitch streamers have just stopped World of Warcraft. Um, and World of Warcraft has lost a lot of players since this has begun. Um, and again, I should have had the numbers but I was researching something else and forgot. Apologies. You can have a look for it. Um, and when I go over to Cal, I might have a quick research. Um, legal experts are interested in the outcome of this lawsuit, noting that DFEH is highly selective in the cases it chooses to fight in court and that the suit could set a precedent for California labor law. So this has become more, you know, this has become about more than just Activision Blizzard. And as I say, uh, Cal touched on a bit of Ubisoft, which we'll discuss in a bit as well. So anyway, um, now for the kind of the, the darker side of it. So this all came about um, after people started talking about something called frat culture within um, Blizzard Activision. Um, and it, it came about, unfortunately, not just based on this, but a former female employee of Blizzard Activision committed suicide because of the way she was treated. And uh, it is alleged that the way she was treated, and this is up in the court case as well, is that um, naked pictures of her were openly shared with other staff members around the office in which she worked which drove her out of the company and unfortunately drove her to have a breakdown and commit suicide, which is absolutely horrible. Um, having been suicidal myself, I like, I can't, what she went through, horrible. Um, and it should never have got to the place that it did. So anyway, that came about. Um, and then the DFEH or the DFHE, DFHE, DAH, well, whatever it is, the department, damn acronyms. Um, <laughs> filed this case now obviously since the case has been filed more employees have come forward former and current because they felt confident in being able to do that now which is amazing um and in the last couple of days um 
Claire Hart, who was Blizzard Entertainment's chief legal officer, has resigned from the company. Um, she announced in a LinkedIn post yesterday, that was two days ago. So on Tuesday, she announced on Monday that um, September the 17th was her final day. Um, she'd been in the role for three years, clocked a decade at Google, um, really a kind of um, skilled, knowledgeable woman, this person. Um, and she said that the last three years have been full of unexpected twists and turns, but I feel honored to have worked with and met so many great people at Blizzard. Um, she said she was taking a short break. Now, obviously there's lots of talk about this um, and of what happened um, and like what's happened there. But my belief is, and I think it's a common belief, and I don't know how you feel about this, Cal, but a legal officer who is responsible for your defence is not going to leave if she doesn't think something is wrong, if she doesn't think that they're going to lose. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you are in a winning hand and you believe all of it is lies, you know, that this is just a, like Blizzard had basically alleged, this is just a, a, a way of kind of getting back at the company, then you would stay and fight. You would be, you know, you'd have all your research, you'd go to court and you'd be like, look, this is actually bullshit. This is what's really happened. And then you'd, you know, you'd expect to win. But she's quit. And my feeling is she's, Obviously, as the chief legal officer, all of these court cases, you know, all of these um, allegations and these lawsuits have come in because it's not just the one lawsuit from uh, the Department of uh, Fair Employment and Housing now. It's others. She's gone like, this is wrong. My opinion. This is wrong. I'm out. And fair play to her, to be honest, because she being herself a woman, you know, who knows what she may have um, encountered. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it is abhorrent. And I personally don't know how Activision Blizzard can come back from this. And I don't know how you feel, but my the thing I wrestle with is, like, I don't play World of Warcraft. It's not my cup of tea. But I absolutely adore Overwatch. It is one of my favorite all-time games. Such good writing. I, like every time they develop on the background, they do those short video, you know, those short like movies that really link you to the characters. Overwatch 2 is due to come out. Um, and I wrestle with the, like, I get those pangs of, I really want to go and play Overwatch. I haven't played Overwatch in a while. And then I'm like, but in playing Overwatch, am I letting down all of those um, women and some men that have been, you know, discriminated against and treated so abhorrently? Does that make sense? And so now I'm at a point where I love a game, but the people that made that game have, you know, the people in senior positions, not necessarily directly some of the designers, but have caused untold pain to so many people why should I get an hour's enjoyment out of something that's caused so much pain? Does that make sense? Like, how do you feel about it, Cal? I mean, make it your point that you made there. You could look at it in the other op in the opposite way as well. By 
thinking, well, the, all those people who have gone through all of that and the ones who worked really hard on that game for their own personal, you know, um, not benefit, but for their, for their, um, you know, for themselves to to produce such a, a like a high end game to prove that they are worthy of staying in this company or to you know to um, be a games developer. Like all those people that you could kind of think, oh, well, I'm I'm actually supporting them and everything that they've been through. It's just a shame that that publisher is also attached to it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it's not everyone. There are people in there that have worked really, really hard. I am also speaking from someone who has never really been a big fan of Blizzard. I've never really gotten into any of the games and things like that. I am not prepared to be going back to any of the Blizzard games currently. I'm not. It's It's made me think, no, I am not giving you a cent of my money or a penny of my money, rather, um, if this is the way you're going to treat your staff and claim the benefits as well. Like, this shouldn't be happening in any workplace, let alone a games company. It's just that we've got a form of media that we can boycott to prove a point. Mm-hmm. When it comes to other places, other workplaces, in some cases, there's nothing that we as people are able to do. Outside, It is the, solely... Yeah what is happening in that workplace. The only good side to this is that we have something that we can stand up against. Uh, if that makes sense, like we we can um, stop playing the games. We can bring their numbers down for them to notice something. But it's still a shame that this is happening in other places of work as well, where we can't do things like this. Yeah, We, can't, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And it's only until it gets to a point where someone sadly takes their own life that we are then made aware of it to go, ah, okay, this is a problem. Like, I think one of the the really good outcomes here is that it's being challenged, but it's also empowering other people from other companies out you know gaming industry tech industry other industries to come forward and go is not just blizzard activision it's not just google it's not just amazon is you know it's it's about us you know as people we're not treated like people and this is not cool um and someone's lost their life because of it and and to be 100 honest who's to say you know, as this as this case goes on and more research is done and more articles are published, that there aren't untold other victims that have gone to the extreme, you know, that have been pushed to that horrible position that some of us have been in our life. But, you know, and some of us have lost people to suicide. Do you know what I mean? And she, that poor woman has a family that Blizzard Activision have also affected. Do you know what I mean? And... Uh, I think like even one of the most horrible things is like at BlizzCon, they they had or the, the suit cites a so-called Cosby suite, which was at BlizzCon, which was notorious for untoward behavior from some top men at the company towards women. And to think that 
BlizzCon, they do all this like marketing. They talk about stuff like Overwatch, for example, at BlizzCon, talking about equality, talking about um, uh, you know characters that are LGBTQ plus, um, talking about great story writing for those to to, to humanize us as we should be. You know, um, it's just uh, it's just horrible, and it's the fact the- that, and I think that. Oh, sorry, Cal, just to finish. For me, the thing that's really sad is there's been people, developers at base level, story writers and developer or narrative writers as they are in the game industry, who've turned around and gone, we have a chance here to represent, you know, LGBTQ+. You know, there are LGBTQ plus um, people in the Overwatch development team who've spoken about how great it is that you know Tracer was able to be gay and have this amazing you know backstory, um, have this amazing partner that they've written in, written bad, written mm-hmm. in, and to think that these people have had to work under that, you know, under people that treated them poorly, is horrible, and that's where my conflict comes from because I don't want to right now. I don't want to go back to a Blizzard game. The only Blizzard game I've ever played is is Overwatch. I don't want to go back to, or Diablo, actually. Um, I always forget that Diablo's Blizzard. Um, I don't want to go back to those games because of what Activision Blizzard have allowed to happen over so long and the, the scrutiny they're now under. But then in the back of my head, that bit of, what about all these people that, you know, under that duress under all of that pain have still felt comfortable to create these three-dimensional characters from all walks of life. Mm. And so that's where my conflict stems with, because when Overwatch 2 comes out, like I want to play it because of what those people have put into it, but I don't want to give my money to Activision Blizzard. I want to give my money to them. But unfortunately, Activision Blizzard is the publisher, so I'm probably not going to buy that game when it comes out. And that then inadvertently affects those people. So what we need, and I think what is starting to happen, because people are stepping down left, right, and front, is there needs to be a complete reconstruction from Activision Blizzard, and they need to be fucking honest. Mm. They need someone to come in at the top and turn around and go, no, fuck it. You know, this has happened, you know, uh, someone from outside, maybe, you know, this has happened. I'm here to fucking change that. And anyone that I bring in, you know, a board level, anyone like that, we're going to fucking change it. And I'm going to fire everyone who is responsible for any of that happening. Um, And I'm personally going to go after them. And I'm going to make them pay for what they've done to other people. But right now, I feel it. That's not happening. You know, like you've, you've taken that approach. The perfect people, I think, to enforce that and bring them in is Xbox. Have Xbox yeah. buy Blizzard. Yeah, they true. can rewrite things. They could be then. Not only are they getting what was once one of the biggest companies in the world, they can do a complete restructural change. Like they've, we've seen it happen before. Or um, even Sony, big companies, and like or Sony, 
get one of the big names to turn around and go, okay, we will buy this off you, but you're out, you're out, you're out, you're Complete out. restructure. And yeah. The only other, the other thing people were talking about as well, which could come about, is a split. Because obviously they uh, absorbed each other. So it was, I, as far as I know, it was a merger, but, you know, Activision was the instigator mm. of the merger. Is to just unmerge, get new leaders at the top of Blizzard, get new leaders at the top of Activision, um, and do a top-down restructure. Get rid of people, take the hit. Because the problem with capitalism, sore subject. I'm not going to go into detail on capitalism. Everybody knows how I feel about it. Um, is that the driving force still is going to be money? You know, they're not going to be thinking, I want to make the lives of these people that we've hurt better. They're going to be thinking, shit, this is affecting our bottom line. Our stock prices are going down. We need to try and make money. Let's fix it this way. Whereas actually what they need to be fucking doing is going, we've hurt these people. Because if we're talking capitalism, if you help those fucking people, if you fix the shit that you've allowed to happen for so many fucking years and you restructure from the top down to the bottom and help those people, the community will respond. And when the community responds, your money will respond too. But they think about it backwards. They think, how do we fix our money? We've got to win this lawsuit to keep our shares up. If we win the lawsuit, we'll be proven victorious and none of it ever happened. That's why we're just going to keep denying it. And I just wish that some companies out there at some point would just be fucking honest and let it hit your bottom line. They've got fuck tons of money. You know, some mm. of these tech companies are in the millions and billions. Well, not billions, because there's only a couple of companies that are in billions. Um, but, you know, millions and millions of dollars. If you've got $500 million in the bank, and by admitting to sexual harassment and all of the disgusting stuff you've done, you take a hit of 300 million in order to fix yourself, you still got 200 fucking million and you can rebuild yourself whilst also helping people. But that's not how they think. And that's what really fucks me off. Because all of these people have been hurt and still the, the CEO is going to be thinking, how can I save all my money? You know, how can I save my bonus? And that's the problem with capitalism. I'm not saying before anybody goes by me off, where are you just want communism or something? Communism is shit as well. It doesn't work. You know, we need like, especially in the games industry, we need something like neo-capitalism. I don't know what that is. I don't even know if that's a thing. I've just made it up. But, you know, capitalism where you make money because of the, your success with people. And if you have that in the games industry to begin with, or Hollywood. But that's just not how it fucking works until it all crumbles down, like now. And so I... Until there's complete restructuring in Blizzard Activision, and they... It's probably going to come to it, but they have to... Or they admit, but what's more likely to happen is they'll lose the lawsuit, and then they will be forced to admit and restructure. But... If over the last two months since the um, 
the law, the first lawsuit, and then obviously the subsequent lawsuits have come along, and they're embattled now. What's probably going to happen is people are going to quit. People are already quitting. We obviously spoke about Claire Hart. Um, we, I've I, um, I mentioned it here. Jesse McCree, the director of Blizzard's Diablo Four, he just left. Um, their head of HR, Jesse Mashuk, um, left. Um, their president, Brack, stepped down, but obviously he was at the forefront of all those allegations in that he was told to be, you know, to know it. So for me, his stepping down is, is as, you know, as much of an admission as it is him jumping ship. Um, but because he's a named defendant, even jumping ship isn't going to stop him from being um, at the forefront of it. And yeah, it's just, it needs change. And it's happening in the industry. I don't know if you want to touch on the Ubisoft stuff, Cal. Um, I mean, I, it's terrible, really, because it's been it's been going on for so long that I've I've forgotten a lot of the information around it. But that's also a terrible thing that it's been going on for so long. Like it shouldn't yeah. be going on at all, but especially not for a very long time. But I know around the Ubisoft offices there was a similar thing going on. Um, it was then becoming such an issue that they were outed uh, i think it was about a month or so before e3 um and then the ceo of ubisoft i've forgotten his name had to basically apologize uh during his e3 conference for the behavior that has been going on around the ubisoft offices uh, but it was very similar in, in terms of sexual misconduct um i think that's that's a really interesting point though like Activision blizzard haven't done that yeah. I know it's only like a small admission, but it's admission, if you know what I mean. Mm. Because it's like we he's come out in our best at a event to market his stuff and gone, yeah, I'm sorry. We need to sort this out. It's not gonna yeah. stop like all of the harassment that's happened. It's not gonna correct that, but it's a step forwards and it's telling us the world, the community. Okay, yeah, because he has said this is happening. I'm sorry. Time to fix it. Blizzard have gone. Nah, it's bullshit. Obviously, in more formal terms, but yeah. And like that was... from Ubisoft, I just a very quick look here, just to kind of update yeah. um, a little bit. Is that the Ubisoft activist group, the employees, since that have have said they hope to see a meaningful response. You haven't got that from the Activision Blizzard employees because they know that, or Blizzard Activision, they know that right now they're just... And it's... There's no reform. That's the word I was looking for. There's no... People are demanding reform of these companies and it's going unanswered. These companies are going, there's no problem. When real people are affected by this and that's what needs to change and i think to be honest it's going to get to the point where i know top level people are quitting but it's going to get to the point where people leave and set up their own development companies and the community i know me especially the community are going to be behind those new companies people are going to go they all left you know 
because they were harassed. They went through all this pain, but they have created phenomenal games. These people can entertain me without being despicable human beings. I'm going to buy their games. I'm not going to buy Ubisoft's. I'm not going to buy Blizzard Activision's. I'm going to buy this new company's game. And I'm behind this new company. Because like for me, you'll know, because we've talked about this. I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan. But I feel let down by Ubisoft now. And I, like Valhalla, I stopped playing it. As soon as I heard about the, I haven't completed Valhalla yet, but as soon as I heard about the Ubisoft thing um, and did more research into it, because I, you know, I hold my hands up two weeks ago, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I reinstalled Valhalla because I've never completed it. I played a lot of it, but I never completed it. And I reinstalled it because there's new DLC and I thought, cool, I'm going to commit this time. I'm going to uh, play Valhalla. I'm going to finish the storyline. And then after that, I think it was you that mentioned to me about the Ubisoft stuff. And obviously I've been keeping close to Blizzard Activision anyway. When I heard the extent of what was happening at Ubisoft, I was like, I'm not playing this anymore. You know, I'm not playing. And luckily for me, I hadn't bought the season pass when uh, Valhalla came out because I was lucky in that I got Valhalla for free with my new PC. So I hadn't bought the DLC. And luckily, I learned about all the crap before I bought the DLC. I will not be touching that DLC now. I will not be buying it, and I will not be playing it. And, like, yeah, it's just really fucks me off. Like, it fucks you off. It's just, especially after, like, and it's a shame... And not shame, obviously. It's good that it's, it's come out. It's a shame that this happened after the great episode we did about women in gaming with mm. Sam back along. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back. Um, Sam's got some really great insights. We had a great discussion about women in gaming and, and what could change and what needs to be different. And this just proves that that fucking change needs to happen. Mm. Yeah. Because it's boring. It's horrible. And that's why I wanted to talk about it on our podcast because, and it's just more and more games companies are going to, you know, it's not just companies now. It's the industry. Hmm. It's, it, it's, it's horrible. And as I said before, it's horrible that it's happening in any sort of industry whatsoever, let alone gaming. But gaming is one of those places where you don't, as you said before, you don't think anything like this is happening. It's a community-driven um, enterprise. And you don't think anything other than a bit of trash talking really goes wrong in or really happens in the gaming world, but it is, it's out there. It's there everywhere you go, no matter what the industry is. So gaming should not be any exception to that. And it should be treated in exactly the same way. If someone was doing that in a really high end company that I don't know, did books, for example, there would probably be some, big changes but because it is a video game company they have more money more things to hide behind and they can keep pushing things out such as here's another game to dampen it a bit distract you yeah yeah here's another dlc for our biggest game yeah i suppose the the book wasn't a great analogy because you could bring a book out but you know, there are some companies that sell things like that where they could be like, oh, well, you know, you still like us because we've got this. 
Um, yeah. you know, take this, you can have this. Um, and that's what we've got to sort of look past. You've got to look past all of that. It's the same as if there was, um, you know, if there was a Sonic the Hedgehog um, game that was coming out, and then there were teams at Sega that were having the same things going on, and in particular in, in the Sonic team, I don't feel I could, I could continue playing the Sonic games. Yeah. But from there on, because I know that that team around that time was working on that game. And it would be horrible to sit and play it and think, oh, well, this could have been happening to someone at this time when they were making this part. And I don't want to be thinking of that. Yeah. Not for my own sake, but to think that someone's had to go through all of that and still try and give something to other people. It's not right. They should put themselves first. And like I didn't mention this earlier either. It's the fact that loads of the female employees at Blizzard Activision said that they had to form these um, group therapy sessions within themselves to deal with the day-to-day onslaught. Yeah, why the you shouldn't have you to, do to do that. that? Exactly. You shouldn't. And then go into your company and say, this is happening. These, like cube crawls as they call oh, them here where... here's, here's a phone here's a whatsapp group uh sort it out yeah like, and then like here's the, and it's the fact like oh like i didn't mention this earlier and i i really meant to but this thing called cube crawls and if you haven't like learned about this do some like read into it it is horrible but essentially there'd be cube crawls in blizzard where male employees would drink copious amounts of alcohol, crawl their way around various cubicles in the often in in the office with female employees and have inappropriate behavior towards those female employees. And that was um, like Alex Afrasabi, former creative director of World of Warcraft, one of the company's flagship titles, was known to harass female employees in his hotel room at BlizzCon. That was the Cosby Suite. Mm. And what's worse is the reason it was called the Cosby Suite is because of Bill Cosby. Yeah. And we all know what happened with him. Cunt. Mm. Like, as a parent, imagining my daughter growing up and, you know, going for uni and being successful, uh, becoming a games designer, whatever she wants to do, going into a company and being subjected to that. You know, I'd want to go into that company and punch a bunch of people. And I know I've just said that on a podcast. Sorry for that. (laughs) But, and that's not the answer, but that's how I feel. We don't need, like, veiled promises, you know, or false promises. We don't need sugarcoating, need change. Because it's fucking bollocks. And I think we should end it there. Unless you've got anything to add. Because there's nothing really no, else. No, I, no, I, I, I think you, well, you've done most of the explaining and the and the and the talking in that section because I, it angers me, but I don't feel I can express the words as as yeah. well as as say you can as well. So I, I appreciate that that you've taken this on, and you've um, given us the information. Um, but hopefully that's, well, I say hopefully. I would imagine that's enlightened a lot of people that maybe weren't aware of that. If you want to learn more, what can be done, go and 
research there's plenty of news articles um there's day-to-day developments there's multiple lawsuits ongoing um go through research learn especially if you're a fan of these games because i think that will really change your uh, opinion of those games and as i say you probably end up wrestling like i do with the the difficulty between people that have developed these games and undergone all of that horror to develop these things that we love so you want to play those things but at the same time by spending the money on that you're giving it to a company that has treated these people in this way and that's what i wrestle with right we'll leave it as that for the meantime yes but if you have you want to have your say about the subject matter um, we've always got our socials page or pages. You can always uh, tweet, comment, message, email. You, you can feel. always talk about it in the next episode if you want us to. Well, let us know what your thoughts are. So the only thing we can do for now is is uh, know and do some, and is what we can influence from our end, however small. Yeah. So I think on to uh, brighter news. I think we should discuss what we're considering for the next episode, although it might be likely to change because we always come up with things on the fly. Oh, fucking hell. You always do this. And then it's like it changes. I've literally done it every time. (laughs) It's surprising. Well, next time we're going to do top three. Um, And we're going to do. Top three Morris dancers in video games. That's going to be a really difficult one. We're probably going to have to do a lot of research, but uh, top three Morris dancers. Uh, um, what I was actually going to do is top three dungeon crawlers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like dungeon crawlers or roguelikes? Roguelikes. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. So top okay. three roguelike games i won't add a stick because usually we do a stipulation but this one i think there's plenty of choice for us to do a top yeah, three each go on, from it I've got my number one so, for hands down so I've stipulation got my number one so ready to go we're going to do that and uh as we mentioned i think uh although it might be subject to change if we can't get our special guest um but as it stands next episode will be the destiny episode so we're going to talk in depth about destiny um, yeah. So if you haven't played it, you should play it just to get an idea for it. And if you have played it, then tune in for our thoughts, feelings, um, and hopefully a special guest. Or guests. Or guests. We might be able to get the fire team. Mm. Guardian. Well. I've, I've seen enough. I'm calling news. it. Ah, oh, I really wanted to finish with, I've seen enough, I'm calling it. Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I realised what you were doing then. I've seen enough guardians. I'm calling this one. Um, on the on even brighter news, I've got a bit of a a, a bit of news. It's a Nintendo Direct tonight as well, so Ooh. I am going to be uh, watching that at eleven o'clock tonight. And I am hoping they're going to be announcing the final Smash Brothers character, whoever it may be. And we will talk about that at the beginning of the next episode as well. You can manage that because I'm probably going to be in bed. So I might catch up on it afterwards, but I often fail at doing that and just read a quick article that breaks it down. I do not, I do not mind. I, they've already um, 
leaked a new Kirby game. Uh, okay. Kirby Discovery, I think it is. That's apparently been leaked, so I'm expected to be seeing that one on there. Um, but other than that, I think it's going to be a lot of Metroid Dread as well, which is looking great. Uh, that is it. Nice. It would be. Anyway, I'm sure enough, Guardian. I'm calling it. <laughs> Goodbye. And good luck, Guardian. <laughs>